my spirit. This weekend, I want to deliver something that's burning in my heart. I want to speak on the subject, enemy territory. Every Christ follower here, we sense at times in culture, in America today, it feels like believers in Christ are living in enemy territory. In the workplace, you cannot mention the name of Jesus, exalt the name of Jesus, or witness for the name of Jesus. But a coworker can take the name of Jesus, drag it through the mud in a vulgarity, and still follow HR policy. We're in enemy territory. Just a few days in, ago in San Antonio, the San Antonio City Council voted to bar a Christian-owned business from doing business in the San Antonio airport. The Chick-fil-A could not have a space in the San Antonio uh, airport in order to sell its product solely based upon it's a Christian organization. I am proud to tell you that our city councilman, Greg Brockhouse, voted against that. It still passed. But our city councilman had the strength and the courage to not go along with the crowd and voice his disapproval of that. What does it say to those who want to have a, a Christian-based business, Christian counseling, or etc.? Our city has gone on the record to stand against Christian values. Today in America, sexual identity if you live in the Q category, you're lauded as being somebody that is open-minded and, and embraceive of all of life. But if you say because of a biblical value, your identity was chosen by God, you will be the scorn and the attack on social media today. We're living in enemy territory. Stuff we used to pray people deliverance from is now called recreational and is sold across America today. Denise and I were in New York just a few days ago. And they have, they have vendors on the street selling candy marijuana. I don't know about you, I don't want marshmallow marijuana. But it's now recreational and it's, it's acceptable. And we used to pray people would have deliverance from that a few years ago. We're living in enemy territory. I want to take you to 1 Samuel chapter 17. And I want to share with you for a few moments a story that many of us are familiar with. It's the account of the battle between David and Goliath. Oh, it's a Sunday school story. Many of us know the details. David, before he was king, he shows up to a place called the Valley of Elah. On one mountainside, one hillside, there's the the armies of the Philistines. The Philistines are the arch enemy of God. They're the ISIS of that day. Everything God represents, they are hostile to, trying to destroy both God and God's people, the Philistines. On the opposing mountain is the army of Israel. And the Bible says in the middle, the valley of Elah, the battle line was drawn. I want to go to that account and share with you, beginning verse number 1 of, of 1 Samuel chapter number 17. 
It says, now the Philistines gather their forces for war. The Israelites assembled and camped in the valley of Elah and drew up their battle lines to meet the Philistines. The Philistines occupied one hill and the Israelites another with the valley between them. I want you to know today, every one of us, we're in the valley of Elah. Every Christian family, every Christian believer, we are now in the valley of Elah. We're standing on one side and culture is standing on the other and there is a battle that's being fought. We're in the valley of Elah. Verse number four and following. A champion named Goliath, who was from Gath, came out of the Philistine camp. His height was six cubits and a span. He had a bronze helmet on his hand and he wore a coat of scale armor of bronze weighing 5,000 shekels. On his legs he wore bronze greaves and a bronze javelin was slung on his back. His spear shaft was like a weaver's rod and its iron point weighed 600 shekels. His shield bearer went ahead of him. Pause just a moment. There's something I want you to see in those verses. First off, I want you to notice Scripture mentions there was six different armaments he had. Goliath. He had a coat of armor, a helmet, greaves upon his leg, a javelin, a spear, and a shield. Six pieces of armor. Hold on to that. Verse number four, his height was six cubits. Verse number seven, the iron point weighed 600 shekels, six, six, six. Moreover, in verse number four, it says he wore scale armor. Did you ever notice that in the text? What has scales on it? A serpent. The very imagery in Scripture, the Bible describes Satan. I want to suggest to you this is more than a story in the Bible. While everything is true, the Holy Spirit has constructed the details of this story to tell us and remind us every Christ follower, we're in a battle against the devil. Our battle line is a satanic spiritual warfare that's happening today. And culture is, is the means upon which Satan is using to wage war against Christ's followers today. We're in a spiritual warfare. And from Scripture, I want to share three quick thoughts with you about this warfare, living in enemy territory. The first thing I want to point out to you is, is all of your pictorial Bibles are wrong. We've all seen a pictorial Bible, a drawing or artist rendering of David fighting Goliath. There will be this, this stalking figure, Goliath. He looks like the Hulk. And there will be David with the slingshot. And he's twirling the slingshot. And it appears that they're meeting together there in the valley. But there's something missing in every pictorial Bible. And it's found in verse number 40. And it's the first thought I want to share with you today. And that is, if we're going to live in enemy territory, Christ followers, we have to hold on to godly values. 
hold on to godly values. Notice with me verse number 40. It says, then he, that's David, he took his staff in his hand. None of the pictorial Bibles ever show this in their rendering. But the Bible tells us he took his staff in his hand. He chose five smooth stones from the stream. He put them in the pouch of the shepherd's bag with the sling in his hand, and he approached the Philistine. Why does David carry the staff in his hand? Why is the Bible so specific to give us that one detail that when he goes out in the valley to face Goliath, he has the slingshot and the stones, yes, but the Scripture says he carries his staff with him. Verse 34 through 37 in this same chapter will answer it. Because when David is saying he will go out and he'll fight Goliath, this is what he'll tell us. He said, I was out in the field tending the sheep. And when I was tending the sheep, I fought a lion and I fought a bear. And God delivered me from the lion and God delivered me from the bear. And God's going to deliver me from this enemy right now. God's going to deliver me from this devil right now. I can defeat him in the name of the Lord because of what God has shown and what God has done for me in the past. So when David went to fight Goliath, he remembered what he had last time he, he fought the battle. He remembered when he fought a lion and a bear, what did he have in his hand? He had the staff in his hand. So the Bible says when he goes to fight Goliath, Scripture is clear, he took the staff with him. How easy it would have been for David to think, you know what, I don't need to take that staff with me. You know what used to work, you don't doesn't work anymore. You know, I, that's when you're fighting a bear or a lion, but you can set aside that staff. Today, it's a new day. We do things differently. Oh, I used to believe in a staff, but I don't believe in a staff anymore. I believe that you can do it differently and you don't have to hold on to the same things you used to hold on to and believe in. Things are different today. He could have thought that, but the scripture is clear. He goes out to fight Goliath. What's the first thing he takes? Before he ever picks up a stone, he takes his staff with him. What is God telling us? There are times that God is going to bring a truth in your life and he's going to place it in your heart. But God never intends to replace it. And that's what we're doing today. We're saying, well, you know what? That's the way it used to be. This is a new day. You don't have to follow everything you've been taught. We don't have to believe every scripture. We don't have to follow every practice. This is the 21st century, and today we can do things different. Let me just encourage every Christ follower. There are values that you were taught and you believed and you embraced, and some of us have set the staff aside. Some of us have rejected the values we were raised with. And I'm here to call you back to the God of your youth and follow God and obey him again. Walk with God. Walk with God. 
Christ followers, if you're living in a cohabiting situation, God does not have a third option. He doesn't have single, live together in marriage, and you pick whichever door you want. No, God has two options. You're either single or you're married, and if you're living together, it's time to move out or get married and bring that relationship under God's covering of blessing. There is no third option. Hold on to your staff. Hold on to your staff. The values God put in your heart. The truth that God put in your heart. It brought you to today. Hold on to that value. Don't give up. Continue to carry it. There are people that used to tithe, but you don't anymore. Oh, we don't have to do that. I Googled an article and told me I don't have to tithe anymore. It's amazing how many people point to a, an article on the Internet and that becomes their spiritual value and makes the decision in their life. I call you back to Scripture. I call you back to God's standard. I call you back to God's way. There was a time in which movies had F-bombs in it. You would turn off that remote that quickly. You wouldn't buy money to go watch it. And now we watch it and we say, well, you know what? All the movies have that now. You, you have to kind of learn to live with it. And we're living with things. We have friended things and now we're clicking on the like button on stuff that God never intended that we associate with. I'm asking you, hold on to your staff. David, he didn't set it aside. He took the staff with him. You see, there's never a time when you say, I don't need what God taught me in the past today. Number two, I share with you. Satanic opposition will never ease up. Yes, verse number 41. Meanwhile, the Philistine, with his shield bearer in front of him, kept coming closer to David. Satanic opposition will not let up. It's just going to get closer. Christian parents, my heart, my heart intercedes for you. It's going to get closer. It's going to be more immersed in the school district. It's going to be easier to fail. There are going to be more apps. There's going to be more opportunity. There's going to be more support for it. You're going to find less and less support in society. It's going to become more difficult. The enemy is not going to let up. Christian parents, you buy those electronic devices for your kids. You need to know what they're watching. And you need to know what they're listening to. You need to know what's going on. The internet has brought the enemy's hand and opportunity so close to our families right now. There's a reason it's called the web. Because the enemy wants to entangle. Pornography is easier. Hookups are easier. Destruction. Everything it takes to ruin your kid's life is easier access than ever before. The enemy keeps coming closer. Satanic opposition is not going to back down. Did you notice something in verse number 6? The Bible says that as, as Goliath approached, it says he had slung on his back, slung on his back, a javelin. Hmm. That's what the NIV says. 
in the Hebrew, it's a word that's hard to translate. Scholars are not sure exactly what should be the correct translation. When the NIV was translated, they put in their javelin. But elsewhere in the NIV, it's translated, that same Hebrew word is translated sword. So we really don't know what is. Let me tell you what most people believe it is. Most scholars believe it was a handle with a sickle blade that came out. And it could be disguised behind the torso of the enemy that the opposition could not, could not see. And if you ever thought you disarmed the opposition, he could reach behind him and take out that sickle blade and with a swoop take off your head. Remember, the enemy always has a secret weapon. The enemy always has a hidden weapon. Be careful what you do. Sir, be careful. Be careful with that relationship with a person of the opposite gender at work. Don't let it get so friendly. It's, it's, it's a, sometimes it's a trick of the enemy. Sometimes it's one of the enemy's secret weapons. We can, we can get caught into something, then all of a sudden the enemy brings out that, that horrific weapon of destruction in our life. And it can cost you your marriage or your family. The enemy has a secret weapon. You see, Satan, he's not going to let up. But number three, I share with you. Take a stand. And God will stand with you. That's the good news. And I'm going to leave you with that today. If you'll take a stand, God will stand with you. It's found in verse number 40 and 43, and I'm going to put two verses together. Hold on. I'll make sense of this in just a moment. The Bible tells us in verse number 40, it says, Then he, David, he took the staff in his hand. See that in verse number 40? He took the staff in his hand. The Bible says in verse number 43 that Goliath said, You come to me with sticks? put it together just a moment stay with me there's something here David goes out to fight Goliath with with his staff in his hand but Goliath says I see two there are sticks in the plural did you ever notice that not a stick sticks how do you explain that well I, I, I guess I could give you the the easy explanation and tell you that maybe he was had double vision because he had an eye problem his bifocals were not adjusted quite right at that moment uh, he had a vision he needed to go see the eye doctor he's, he's seeing double I don't think that's it then how do you explain the fact that David singular had a staff in his hand but Goliath sees sticks plural when he looks at David I believe it's answered for us in Psalm 23 when David wrote, The Lord, He's my shepherd. Go down to verse number 4. Verse number 4, Even though I walk through the darkest valley, even when I'm in the valley of Elah, 
even when culture is pushing against us and it's hard to hold your values in today's society. Even when my, when my kids don't agree and I know it's the value from God and I can't compromise, when sometimes just standing my value at work brings persecution and alienation. And if I, if I do the right thing and I do the godly thing, there will be people that will not accept it and I'll be ostracized. In the toughest moments of life, he said, even when I'm walking through the darkest valley, I'm not going to fear evil because you're with me. How do I know you're with me? He tells me in verse number four your rod and your staff they come for me there it is there it is you see David he went out and he picked up that staff and God said I'm good to my word you take a stand for me and I'll stand by you and all of a sudden Goliath looks out there and he sees David but he sees sticks there's another, there's another shepherd's staff out there in the battle. And he's trying to figure it out. There, there are two coming against me. What's happening here? And I tell you, it was the Lord of hosts. The Lord of hosts walked out there in that moment. The Lord of hosts stood by David. There was another staff. It was the staff of the rod of protection of the God of Israel was standing by David's side. And I'm here to tell you, culture may push in the darkest hour, but if you'll stand for God, God will stand for you. He'll stand and protect your marriage. He'll protect your business. He'll protect your career. He'll protect your kids. He'll protect your grandkids. If you'll stand for God, God will stand by you. You can count on that. Fellas, take a stand for God. You don't have to go easy on this. You don't have to soft soap it. Take a stand for God. God will stand for you. God will stand by you. I call you back to the God of your youth. I call you back to the values you were raised with and you know in your heart. That's the way God wants it to be. It's time to grab the staff again. It's time to set the value in the home. Will you pray with me? Father, I sense in this day and this moment, Holy Spirit, you're awakening our conscience and our convictions. You're calling us back to the God of our youth. You're calling us back to the values we were raised on. How easy it is in today's society to say we don't have to carry the staff anymore. It's a new day. We can follow a different rule and a different code. But God, you're asking us to unflinchingly stand for you with conviction and biblical promise you'll stand by us I pray God for your people their business their career their families culture is trying to rob families of their kids today the enemy is working overtime to capture the fascination to entice this generation 
follow an alternate path. God, call us back to you. Holy Spirit, let us feel conviction in our spirits again. Let us commit to following you unwaveringly. Give us a new generation of Davids in the valley of Elah. I pray that. I pray that for our men today. God, I summons men to stand strong in the valley of Elah to be men of conviction, men of values. And I speak your blessing over them. In Jesus' name. thank you for being with us today as I made mention I'm going to dismiss early because we truly want to see you connected we believe that in life group you grow you connect God strengthens you and strengthens others through you and we have a team of people ready to just answer any questions you have about life group they're out in the hallway and lobby area now and I'm going to dismiss you to go out there and find out more about Life Group to get connected. Thank you for being with us today.